You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? We are back with episode 58. I hear for this episode, we actually got some good news for the podcast. Yeah, I actually got an email saying that we've been posted on the 35 best podcasts. We actually came in on 22nd. Oh, very nice. That's uh, really good. And I mean, I, I actually have some really good podcasts on there. So I was really kind of shocked. I was, I was real happy just to be mentioned along the side of, you know, some of these really big name podcasts and everything. Like, it looks like Smart Poker Study, The Mindset Advantage, and... Thinking Poker, Dat Poker Podcast. So, I mean, it's really, there's some really good big names on there. So, just to be mentioned on the list was really, you know, it was an accomplishment. Absolutely. And this is at um, blog.feedspot.com. We'll have the link in the bio. Okay. Wants to see it. Yeah, I think everybody, because, you know, we could, like, some people get competitive with their stuff and all that. But really, if you're listening to our podcast, you listen to other poker podcasts and vice versa. You know, everybody end up poker and podcast. Tiny segment out there. They're all listening to multiple usually. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was actually off this week, right? And I was like, man, I want to have a good time and step it up. I've been on a, a mini, the miniest of upswings. So it's time to raise the stakes and play high stakes. Okay, so <laughs> miniest of upswings. Tyler's taking big swings now. Gotcha. Absolutely. So I end up going to what, I mean, every time they say 5-5, five, five, it's always 5-5-10. Five, five, I find that so weird. Uh, like I say, me and you have talked about this before, the lack of a middle ground. I mean, in Vegas, you have like the one three two five five ten, and all that. In Texas, it's like one three. Or five, five, ten, twenty. Sometimes it's a. Uh, but yeah, I've noticed that all five, five games tend to turn into bigger. And what was really weird about this game, right? So when I showed up, I the they let there was a lot of short stacks on the table, like three hundred and under. Where were you doing this five, five game at? Um, one hundred one, Katie. One one KD. Okay, because there's not that many that run across. They're not at every single place, so I was kind of curious. Well, I was watching the Atlas, just hitting refresh, because I was already on the list to go to Doghouse, but I was waiting to see if that game made. If I saw they had like six people on the list. Okay. So I was like, well, once I saw the table um, actually make, then I switched my destination. Okay. Yeah, you're trying to get to the, a bigger game. That makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Turns out I was. <laughs> say I was in the biggest game I needed to be in right at doghouse. <laughs> Tyler was <laughs> like I should have been in a 1-1. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, I guess I'll I'll kind of give you the first hand I played, right? Okay. This kind of sets the tone of the night for me, really. I get dealt pocket eight in the small blind, so I call the 10 um cuz it was a button straddle. Quite a few guys call and then um someone raises to 85. It's a button straddle here, and you're on the small blind uh, to 10, right? Yes. This seems like a weird call. Did you think of raising here? 
I've been putting these blind, um, small and big blind pocket pairs in my limp calling range instead of playing betting and then getting three bet to not getting the right odds to call. Okay, so yeah, if you if you bump it to like thirty or forty, and then someone three bets to one twenty, one fifty or something, you have a hard time calling because there's really no implied odds. Exactly, and okay. when the table was so short, I actually only bought in for a thousand. Okay, I got you. Okay, I was just curious. So, one of the deep stacks so bumps it to eighty five. I call another guy calls the flop comes. Queen, five, six, all diamonds. I have the eight of diamonds. Okay, queen, five, six, all diamonds. You'd have an eight of diamonds for a flush draw of eight high. <laughs> yeah, not not the best flush draw. Okay. Um, It checks around. Okay. So I immediately rule out him having like ace, queen, king, queen, because any of that would not be checking this flop. Agreed. So I was like, okay, doesn't have the queen. The turn is a seven, making me open-ended. Okay. So any four, any nine, any diamond possibly. Um, I, I lead out for a hundred. Uh, the other guy folds. The preflop raiser calls. The river is the six of hearts. It's not great. Um, I bet two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Ooh. Okay. What? Tell me what happens. Um, the guy hero calls with pocket tens. Oh, okay. This is one, like, I was very confused on the river bet. Because it seems like on the river bet, you are just only getting called by better here, right? Definitely what happened. (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I turned my eights into a bluff. 100%, I did not think the eights were good. But, like, I think you actually have some showdown value here, don't you? I mean, I have some, yes, but I do not think in the situation that my eights had showdown value. I mean, considering his actual hand, I think it actually it was played pretty well. Because, I mean, I think tens are going to fold there more often than not. Uh, I mean, with you betting the turn and the river, you, uh, and you would have checked pretty much everything on the flop. 100%. You're, uh, I definitely don't mind it, especially against his given hand there. I didn't. I did, I couldn't tell if you're going from a, uh, river value or river bluff. I guess as a bluff, it kind of makes sense for actually that exact hand. Really, like anything that's under a queen, that's a pocket pair, actually makes a lot of sense. But I actually thought you had some showdown value the way this was played because I mean I think you could play this with like a diamond, like a jack jack of diamonds or something like that, and take it to showdown like jack ten all. I don't know what he has, but a single diamond might have actually just checked here. Yeah, um, but in the moment, I did think I needed to turn this hand into a bluff. Thought two seventy five might get it done. Well, you were right. You did need to turn the hand into a bluff. <laughs> I needed to bet way more. Um, and then I had an interesting hand where I had king ten suited. I flop trip kings. Okay, he flop trip kings. And there's a flusher on board. Um, what was the preflop action with this King-10? Seems like it's always either someone made it 30 or 50. I think I probably made it 30. I think this was early enough in the night where the button shuttle was not always on. Okay, and how many ways to the flop? I believe it was about three. 
Okay, including you? Including me, yes. Okay. Um, the flop, I flop trips. There's a flush draw. I bet I get called. No, 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 no. Sorry. He raises. He you... raises. Yeah. Because I think I bet like 50 and he bet 125. Okay. And I was like, well, that's weird. Super weird. Because, I mean, when he raises this much, it's almost concerning that he gives you that much, that good of odds to call. But, yeah, you're never going anywhere, right? The guy folds, I call. Um, the turn is a 10. Oh, bink. You went from being scared of King Queen to praying for Ace King, King Queen. I check it. He checks it back. The river is the eight of spades, bringing in the front door flush. Are you in position or out of position? Out of position. The problem is the pot was 30, you know, um, it was about 30 pre-flop. What was it? Like 125 on the flop, right? So there's not much in here. This is going to be... I think I could argue for a bet or a check here. I think I like a check. I went all in. Okay. Well, that's the other one. <laughs> uh, I went all in for like 15 times pot. For 15 times pot? 15 or 10. Something ridiculous. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, you're basically hoping he has the nut flush and just can't put it down. He did and he couldn't. Oh, nice. <laughs> very very nice. So, I was on the end of checking. And if he's got a flush, he's probably betting anyways. Because he wants value from Trip Kings now. And then maybe re-raising on there. But, wow, way to get max value on a hand. <laughs> um, so, that was a pretty big one for me. I mean, it sounds freaking huge. <laughs> um, I had him covered quite a bit. I mean, so, it was... I was definitely up at that point in the in the night, though. Okay. Um, let me look at one of my notes. See what other one I have. It's uh, I really like this. I haven't been to one on one Katie in a while, but I definitely love the idea of going back. It's a really nice frame over there. <laughs> no, absolutely, and it was packed. It seems to all. Oh man, this is what I was gonna tell you. I went there at like eight in the uh, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Parking lot was so crowded. I mean, because all those restaurants and everything are still going. I Pretty I tough. Mean, <laughs> I love that. Well, I love the fact that it's a crowded, like, nice parking lot. You oh, heard no. they had another shooting in the Legends parking lot, right? I did not. I thought, so that was, that's the third right there. It, I don't think it was from the Legends cu customers. I think it was from that hookah lounge. But, I mean, just being in that parking lot is so dicey. God. Um, what's it called? Oh, this is a pretty good one too. I ended up, um, I turned the second nuts with six, seven. So the, obviously the board was, um, eight, nine, 10. And I was like, well, if this is how I'm going to go out, this is how I'm going out. Um, cause I ended up, I was in the straddle. I remember I was in the straddle. I had six, seven, I raised pre-flop, um, flopped open-ended yeah turned the second nuts 
I bet three three hundred and twenty five dollars. He jammed for four hundred and fifty. Four hundred fifty more? No, no, total. So I, just, I mean, yeah, snap call. It's just a call, yeah. and I think he must have. He didn't show, so maybe just two pair. Yeah, two pair seems very logical. And then this is where things start kind of going sideways for me. Um, I kept getting these weird hands where I'd get like straight draws, flush draws, and I would, I mean, bet the flop, bet the turn, barrel the river. And it bricked the river. And this guy to my right just kept coming in at the top of his range. Pocket aces. But he never really three betting, which is kind of weird. He got pocket aces five times in four hours and pocket kings twice. Good God. There's times where I'm just praying for Jack-10 off just to play a hand. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I was just hoping for (laughs) A-Ace. Well, you couldn't get it because he had all of them. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. But... I mean, all everything I was trying, not working. I mean, front door flush comes in. I check raise the river big, get called by pocket aces. I mean, just over and over again. It was uh, not great for me. Does not sound great. That sounds horrible there. Let's see. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. Yes, how's it going? I text you a picture of a crying little monkey. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, uh so, oh, um, and this was this was the biggest. This was the basically the defining hand for me. Um, I was in the straddle. I had like a weird hand. I might have had um, might have been a one gapper. Might have been five seven. Um, guy raises. I call out of the big blind. One other guy calls. Flop comes. King. Five seven. So flop bottom two pair. Guy bets gigantic. I call. The guy behind me calls. The guy behind me who calls has been playing very loose, very recreational player, having a good time. If this guy bets gigantic, it's unlikely as king seven, king five, or anything like that. Did you think of raising? I thought about it, but I wanted the guy behind me in this hand because I've seen him tag along for a lot of money with way worse. Okay, I got you. Because, uh, well, here's the problem. is like anybody who has a king has quite a few outs here, right? Well, I mean, three. But, I mean, if they both have kings, that's six. So, uh, that's what I was thinking about raising. But, okay, go go on. I risk it. Okay. The turn is a ten. Doesn't really change much. Yeah, it doesn't really change much. It's a... Uh, what happens? Um, This guy bets gigantic again. I call. Next guy calls. Okay. The river is a 10. Oh, God. That changes a lot. I mean, it makes me thinking I'm on the verge of a triple up to crying. Yeah. And that's a... Uh, man, this is horrible. This is... Yeah, this is one of the worst cards in the deck. And this and a king. This and a king are the worst cards. So, I mean, I guess, I'm guessing he bets and you fold. It actually checks through somehow. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, so much money was in this pot, man. It was such a big pot. Um, got pocket aces, of course. Oh God! I mean, if this ten doesn't rear its ugly head on the river, you're—I'm sure you're ahead of the other guy too, right? For sure, the guy said he could not beat uh, two pair, but yeah. So that's a God. What a horrid river. But when we and I were talking about it later, um. You and you're asking if I ever should raise. Mm-hmm. 
luckily I didn't. I think I really should have, but I don't think the guy was folding. I think he thought he was way ahead and was never folding. He couldn't believe that he had gotten lucky to river the ten. Well, that's why you that's why you get it all in and run it three times. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was interesting one for sure. Going from thinking you're tripling up to I mean, just tears. <laughs> yeah, that's a that that's that's a pretty rough one right there. That's a did that actually I'm guessing that took uh, the major part of your stack off. Yeah, that was I mean, that was basically I mean, the next hand I basically went all in with just a flush draw whenever it was like multi-way I was trying to get a semi bluff through that went horribly sideways or everyone called um I had the guy who won had 9-10 I had queen 9 he uh went running 10s interesting running 10s will do that (laughs) yeah but you know what I was gonna say was something you should not really get to me that's I've kind of noticed has started to get to me. I think I've been just tilting so hard. Like after that, like the two pair getting paired with the aces and just over and over again, it just seems like I see like I start off very strong and playing very, you know, and I wouldn't say well, but what I consider correct. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Say well down a grade. yeah playing well um no but but really just getting heavily affected by tilt lately i mean just oh man it's been just so rough i think that that really led to me going all in you know my son like you said you know 400 bucks is still a lot of money yeah i think tilt like you've always been pretty good about controlling tilt too uh but one thing i have noticed is it seems like from the beginning of when we started playing poker and to now, like because you've played such higher stakes, yeah. when you have, like, it wasn't, what, a couple of years ago, your normal buy-in was 300 to 400, right? Oh, for sure. It's uh, It seems like coming from playing higher stakes, and we, we noticed this in Jamin's videos back in the day, too. Like, Jamin, once he started playing, like, 510, when, when you saw him at a 1-2 table... You saw him getting crushed because it just did not seem like it mattered to him. Mm-hmm. But I kind of noticed that when you're short stacked or you're playing at like a smaller table, it seems like the money, it's like it kind of affects you from that. I think it affects everybody from that perspective, though, right? I think so. But I don't know. I mean, man, it's hard to describe how like normally the tilt would not affect, but man, I mean, I was so annoyed after that two pair whenever I was. Oh, man. It was like the table was set. I was ready. And then just, nope. Yeah. Instead, you're losing like three-fourths your stack. (laughs) That's going to do it. I mean, like, there's nobody who's, you know, that good that they're just not going to be tilted to some degree there. Especially on on a hand like that. So, I don't know. That's just, I think that's just being normal. I mean, there's, we're all affected by tilt. Some more than others, but to some degree. Yeah, I mean, and then I was like, well, you know, I'm sure that's what led. I mean, after that hand, the range got just, I mean, imagine a trash can. That's basically what it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it opened up to where, you know, you're playing like the one gappers now, but now I'm short stack, so it's even worse to play, right? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And then, you know, that only lasted like 30 minutes till that 
queen nine hand. Like I always say, if you're looking for a way to go home, poker will help you right out. Yeah, 100%. Well, and I think this also comes in the fact that, like, if you lost, like, how much did you have when you, like, in your stack when you started going that direction? Probably, like, 2,500 maybe or 2,000, maybe 3,000. Oh, when you started playing, like, everything? Wait, what do you mean? Like, I, after you lost oh, that oh, 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 gotcha. No, no, no. I think meant how much did I come up from when I was up. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe, like, $800, $700. Well, that's still, yeah, that's still a big amount there. Well, but then I went down to, like, 400 then shipped it with 400 Yeah. Um, like I say, I think now it's just, it, like I say, it's one of those things where, I mean, if we have, if you have three or four hundred, but you're used to playing in, you know, a couple grand pot, you know, two thousand, three thousand dollar pots, but you're sitting at a table with people who sometimes say it's what their normal playing is three to four hundred, and they're playing like the correct ranges. I think it'll just get crushed at some certain point, right? Right. Oh, and what led to that tilt from the seven to four was flopping, open ended, miss, miss, bet it all the way down. He had pocket kings. Oh God! I was like, "Wow, great!" Well, if you're Why running at the top th- of everybody's range, it kind of is what it is, I guess. Why didn't this guy three bet me so I can fold? <laughs> <laughs> Why? So that's a well that that five five session that shot take did not seem like it went your way. <laughs> Definitely not. It's uh, uh, what other what other sessions you got? Go- did you oh, okay, you want me to do my next one? Oh, uh, we can go either way. We can go. You want me to go to my prime session? Oh, let me. Uh, I got an interesting spot for you. Okay. So, um, we were at Doghouse. This will be your last session you talk about, but this will be this is my last session. I had that one hand where I had seven, eight of diamonds. I raised pre-flop. I raised big too, like thirty, in a straddle pot. Okay. The flop came. Eight diamond, diamond, eight, three diamond. Was it a king or queen? You can call it either one. Yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess, at this point. But I overbet pot. Pot was about 90, 95. I bet 125, trying to isolate that short stack and get the deep stack out, right? Um, what ended up happening was I got the short stack out. The deep stack ripped it all in. And I thought he had about maybe 250, so almost double my bet. He actually had like 380. But I guess I'm still never folding, right? I'm already in for 125. I mean, if he just has an ace-high flush draw, then, I mean, you're actually ahead here. If he's got a king, or if he's got a pair top pair then you're about 50 50 i don't yeah i don't see where you're actually ever folding here um the only way is if you just know he's got like ace king of dime or, you know he's got top pair with the flush draw which is very unlikely definitely especially since the eight was the only non-diamond out there yeah but but here's what we always say is he ever doing that with less is he ever doing that with just ace king maybe with ace king but I mean, obviously, it was just a set of threes, right? I mean, in hindsight, I was like, of course. Even a set of threes, you're not running... I mean, you're running not great, too, but you're still at 36% about. You're probably around 
32. You're probably actually around 30, 30 to 31 because of the fact that he can uh, draw you dead, turn you right. dead. But uh, I don't know. It's I, I think I'm not sure that that's the that's what I'm questioning. If anything, I'm like, could you just bet lesser and accomplish the same thing on the flop? Well, I, my thing is I didn't want – I wanted that short stack either all in because – what I was trying to do is isolate the short stack, get him all in, so I'd be really be playing for like $75 more, right? Short stack folds, but my thought was I would, I, I would get kick that guy out of there. But, I mean, yeah, but I guess do you really even want to kick him out of there? Maybe not, right? Because if you, if you don't kick him out of there, what's he calling you with? Well, when you bet this bet, I just wonder, like, okay, let's say he's probably still calling you with a pair of kings, right? For sure. So, I mean, he's calling you with a pair of kings. He's calling you with a flush draw anyways. And I think a three-quarters, a half-pot size bet... I mean, he's still folding all his trash where he just doesn't hit, right? Oh, no, for sure. So that's kind of my thinking. I'm like, well, you really don't have to go over pot. You can just bet 75, like 75%, like 60 to 75%. If he's got a hand that he's going to call with, for the most part, he's just going to call here anyways. But you're not inflating the pot so much. And if he's got nothing, then he's still going to fold. And it's still going to be isolated, I think, right? No, no, absolutely. Uh, but, and then, of course, you're still in a weird spot if he goes over the top because you have such a strong hand. At least maybe you can fold. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sure I'm folding here, even if he rips it out over the top, if I bet 75%. Well, too bad I didn't hit, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so that hand was devastating. Uh, <laughs> after that, not much happened. I don't think really much happened when you were there, huh? Uh, oh, I misread a PLO hand that I ended up winning against you. That was interesting. Oh, did you? I don't even remember this hand. Remember I turned the set of deuces? Oh, yeah. God, I had flopped pretty good on that one because you had, you bet pot. And when I was I was coming in, I had flop, I think bo- top and bottom pair, and I was like, well, what do I do here? But I know I like I, you're kind of starting out at PLO, so I know if you're betting, you have something. Or I misread my hand and I'm misrepresenting <laughs> something. <laughs> so I thought about potting it for a while and then just ended up checking it or ended up calling. I don't remember. I think the turn was a pretty crappy turn. It was a deuce. That's right, because that was it made like an open-ended straight draw, which I thought I had. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you bet, and I just fold. But yeah, I was I definitely would have repotted it had it been I think anybody else on that hand, and that just killed me. And then yeah, you hit a set of deuces that you didn't even know you had. <laughs> no, I know I had the set of deuces. I just I thought I was open-ended, and then I was like, well, that's not that's not those cards. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so then, uh, you end up leaving. I end up being down. I was like, well, definitely not going to double up by leaving. So I'm going to stay. Um, (laughs) 
So I stay and go to the, what I thought was round of each, end up being just PLO. Ran pretty good at the beginning. Um, almost made a comeback. Then I got in this hand where I had ace three. I think I had ace king three. Maybe like, I don't remember the other card. I thought it was pretty big. It might have been like a queen or something. I had really good uh, PLO hands. Flop trips. Flop was three three seven. Okay. The pre-flop raiser. I checked it to him. He bets pretty big. Almost, I think pots it. I only call. It was three three seven complete rainbow. Um, another guy tags along. He calls. The turn. It was. The only another face card I did not have, so I had ace. I definitely had ace king. I either had a ten or a jack, so it was the other one. So it was either a ten. Okay. Right, it didn't help. Yeah. Me. So um. Oh no, I could not have had that. I must have had ace king three, like nine. That's that's what I think it was. Okay. And um, it was actually double suited. I do remember that. So you got trips and top kicker. Yes. Turn is a 10. He pots it again. I'm like, well, I call. The next guy folds. This is a pretty big bet here, right? Um, yeah. The river is an offsuit jack. Then he bets Which, 300. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not likely he has 8-9. I mean, I'm definitely calling this, right? I called. He only had pocket jacks. So I mean, the the question is, is where do you where do you play back at him? Right? Is on one hundred percent. It's a. Uh, I think so. So many every and don't get me wrong. I'm not a PLO expert whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so this is coming from somebody who is learning. I'm, you know, I've done, I've looked at some material, but I'm still in the beginning stages. It seems like on PLO, you want you right here. I think I like the pot repot on the flop. And what I think it does is at this point, if you repot this flop, it kind of isolates. Like, if he repots this, this is a problem. But at least it puts some truth serum to what he's got, right? No, I agree. Uh, so I think that would be the move. I don't. I mean, I think there's people who might say you just call the flop and then pot the turn too. Uh, I don't know. It's from someone who doesn't know PLO that much, and there's so many different. Ad the problem is, if someone has a three here, then they also have, and you have have them with the kicker. They also have nine outs against you. Right. So that's why I think I like the pot on the flop, and just or you know. Uh, if they have a seven here, they've also got you know. Well, hopefully they don't have three seven, or else you repotting is a horrible thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that I think a pot on the flop is probably the the move coming from a non PLO expert here. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, based on the results, it was the move. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're gonna be the most results oriented. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, I played some other hands, played some poorly, played some okay. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. PLO hands are hard to go over on a podcast. I'm going to get to the, the key ones for you. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I don't want This wanna... does not convert well to P. It's hard enough to keep up with Hold'em Hands on a podcast. PLO is, especially when you get to double board Bob. <laughs> don't worry. It's coming. I know you're waiting for it. Yeah, we're um, going <laughs> to need all our listeners to be near a whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm kind of skipping through all the uh, the medium-sized uh, PLO hands just because it's a bit much. Um, but here's one for you. This is a hand I'm not even involved in. I want to know what you would think. Okay. So these two guys end up going all in. It was three ways. So the first guy goes all in on the flop. The next guy folds the turn. So there's two guys all in now, right? Okay. The dealer automatically rips it, right? Okay. Didn't ask. No one said anything. They were just talking. Never asked. He rips it. The guy's the nuts. It's a very big pot. It's like two thousand dollars to twenty five hundred. Right. The other guy says, "Well, I thought we were running it twice. We always run it twice." And the guy says, "Well, the dealer dealt it." And he's like, "Well, but we've always run it twice." The other guy says, "Okay, sure, we can run it twice, even after he won." And oh, he lets wow. him run it twice, and chops it. Ooh, I'm never. And I'm never agreeing to this, just on the fact that, not because I just won or anything, but I don't think anybody else. I don't. I, for the, I think ninety nine percent of people, if it if he deals it out and runs it, and not to mention as he runs it once or before he deals a card, you can stop him in the middle of it. Because I did earlier in that session when that one guy was all in mm-hmm. and told that guy we can run it once or three times. Yeah, because that that guy dealer was right on it. And he was just starting to rip it. Uh, I don't, man. Well, is I guess at the end of the day, if that guy says okay, I mean that's. Ugh. I, like I say, I don't think unless you verbalize it to the dealer, I don't care what you always do. It doesn't matter. It's like, but. I guess nice of that guy, I guess. I don't know what to say about that, really. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where you got to think, would someone else do that for you, right? Like, are you, I don't know, that's, like, not are you the one, you're kind of the one, um, would it be like, not exposing yourself, but obviously putting yourself at risk there, right? Like in the game. Talk about an easy way to get angled, right? That, that's Yeah, that's kind of more what I meant. Kind of... Because, um... okay, here's the thing. Is he rips it once, and that one... And the guy... Win, and the other guy wins. Do you think... That's what he's, I'm saying. I mean, he was like, well, no, we only just go, go twice. I'm not sure that would have come, right? That, that was kind of what I was trying to put together for you. Yeah, I... Like I say, I, very nice of that other guy. I mean, but... I will say now, if anybody's ever in a pot with me, it's like unless it's verbalized to the dealer. If we and uh, and same thing, if it, unless it's verbalized to the dealer, I and I lose. I sure as hell wouldn't expect them to be like, nope, keep going until this guy wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want this thing fifty fifty. <laughs> but I thought that was a very interesting spot. Um, and then basically, you know, my I guess you just call it. Just the complete disaster of the night for me ends in this hand. Okay. Double board bomb pot four handed. Um, I get pocket tens 
with an ace. So it was ace, ten of spades, and like ten, nine, ten eight maybe, something like that. Offsuit. So I had ace, ten of spades, and then like ten eight. Ace, ten, ten eight. Yes. Okay. The flop was um, ten seven three with a flush draw. Okay, so you flopped the nuts with pocket tens top set. Yes. Okay. The other board was a was a straight board. Sorry, it was not a seven. It was like a five on that other the top board because the okay. other board ended in a seven. It was like seven. Maybe it was seven five three. So four six would have been the nuts there. Exactly. Okay. So I have the nuts on the board. I bet twenty five. I get raised Fair. to a hundred. The other guy calls a hundred. I have the nuts. I repop it. Okay. The other guy re repops it for all in. Which is about twelve hundred dollars. The third guy calls the twelve hundred dollars. Good God, man! And he has me covered. I have about fourteen in front of me. So it's a thousand more. You have the nuts. Seems like you. I mean, to- I'm hating the situation to call this to only win half the pot if it's a good run out. I also can't imagine folding either. I, I don't know. I, this is this is one that when you were telling me earlier about this that I'd love to like present to like Bart and Crush Live Poker because uh, he's been doing double board bomb pots and because this seems like I can't imagine folding the nuts is the right move. Calling to win half the pot if everything is perfect seems horrible too. I don't know. I mean, you get up and just walk away. I mean. <laughs> I have no idea. This is probably one of the worst spots you've actually been in, or we either of us have been in a while. Uh, not one of the, well, probably one of the worst losses too. But uh, it's yeah. When you were telling about this, I don't like. I think I call just hating this call. I call the turn is a heart, the river is a heart. So that's great. Um, the other board comes seven jack. So paired the seven and rivered the jack. Um, we both show, uh, I show, I've set a 10 to the guy has nothing on my board. He shows, he flopped the nuts. The third guy who call, who had a hundred in and called 1400 preflop uh-huh. had nothing but a flush draw and Jack seven for running boat and the flush draw to scoop. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I like. I'm usually feel like I'm pretty good at split pot games. This is one that just baffles me. I mean, obviously, he should never be in there. Uh, I just don't know. Is this is such a tough spot? Because okay, let's say you know somebody's on a flush draw. Then, when you're calling, you're gonna win half the pot for sixty four percent of the time, about. Uh, and. You're gonna lose both thirty, like I mean, thirty six percent. I had a backdoor flush draw on the bottom, but that seems almost irrelevant. Something, I guess. I mean, I I mean if know. it would have hit, it would have been super relevant. Yeah, but 
It's uh, so I don't know. I mean, like I say, I think this is just a tough spot. I don't. I can't imagine, especially when people are calling this light. Because who's call? Here's the other thing: is who's calling with the, just a flush draw on your board? I mean, it almost seems like it's more like a, a lesser set, right? Because I mean, if you're here's unless you have like four six with like a four or six being the ace of hearts, like with the ace of hearts or something, where you have like a huge equity on the bottom board and just happen to have the flush draw up top. I don't know. This is these are these double board bomb pots are pretty difficult. I'd love to submit this to somewhere with a more expert opinion on this because this is one of the more interesting spots I've seen. Absolutely. And as far as more expert, we could just submit it anywhere, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we could submit it to Subway, wherever. Yeah. Um, oh, and to end, what what do you think of that bomb pot that I played where I got set over set, then flush over flushed? Like, what? Why? Oh, God, that was the dirtiest. Uh... Because I saw that. I honestly thought you've lost the bare minimum on this pot. Because you were so strong that you checked the river. And y'all both checked the river. I don't know how the other guy ever checks this river. And I 100% don't know how you check this river. I'm losing a shitload of money here. Yeah. So okay. we'll uh, go over because okay, you flop a set of sevens on top board. Deuces, I had deuces. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You flop a set of deuces on the top board, and on the bottom board you had a flush draw. Jack high. So you bet the other guy calls. No, I had the flush draw with a jack, and then I turned another jack, so I had trip jacks with a flush draw. That's right. So you bet flop on the turn. You bet it's a seven, which looks like a nothing card on that board. Uh, and then you have trip jacks with boat outs and a flush draw on the board. I don't remember. I'm guessing you bet this pot, right? <laughs> you guess right. Okay. Uh, the other guy calls. The, the river on the top board... There's really nothing going on on it. I think there might be one weird straight that got there, but nothing obvious. Uh, and then you hit the flush mm-hmm. on the on the bottom board, which here's the thing is you're a little nervous about a boat being there, but you have a setup you have a setup top and a flush on the bottom, and you're blocking a lot of boats. And it goes check check. And the other guy has the nut flush on the bottom board, which is, it is a paired board, but it's, he has a seven of hearts and then has trip set, turned a bigger set on the top board. I tell you what, I don't know how this river played out because the other guy was like, well, I only had a flush up there, but it was, it was a paired board. Yeah, but you know how hard it is to be beat on both boards? I don't know. Because you're 100% calling this river bet. Right. I mean, like I say, I, I thought you would... If I'm in your shoes, I'm probably losing a lot more. Because I'm betting, trying to... I'm thinking I'm probably almost guaranteed to have one of the boards locked up. But if I bet him out, like, I mean, I can get take this whole pot down. 
I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely potting this and getting taken to school here. So I, was, I, I thought it was a great check on the river because I do not think I would have done that. Yeah, but I mean, ooh, the tilt began. <laughs> yeah, that that should put you on tilt. That was a just a murderous hand. Yeah, and it did, and that resulted in gigantic loss, like two thousand. Well, that ain't great. That's not what we're shooting for around here. <laughs> Definitely not. A loss for the Texas Poker Podcast. <laughs> Say, um, tell us how Prime went. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so it's Friday. I am ready to roll. And uh, I, get a, I get a call from a friend. I, I text him to see what uh, one of these poker rooms that is going on. And he's like, well, let's go to this other one. He wants us to go to Kings and Cards. <laughs> I have never been to Kings and Cards. I've only heard, eh, <laughs> I haven't heard a ton of good, so I go with them. Not much going on there. Uh, they have a PLO game going, and does not look like they're getting much of anything else going. So I'm like, well, so we end up deciding we're like either going to go to Empire or Prime. Uh, they decide, I'm like, I'm good down for whatever. We end up going to Prime. So, all fired up. We get there. There's no seats open. We all sit down for a sec. It's me and two other guys. Uh, they know I have to work the next day. So, the first seat, seat that comes up, they're like, why don't you take it? I'm like, well, definitely will because I only got it. I'm kind of on a time limit. Work 18 hours on Saturday. I need to get my poker in and get get back home. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, that's uh. <laughs> so <laughs> the first hand I am dealt, I get ace eight of spades. It limps to me. I raise to twenty five. We go four ways to the flop. Flop comes ten eight six, with one spade. I'm like, well, not guaranteed anybody has a ten here. I can go ahead and bet and probably get more as a protection bet for an eight. Uh, and then if somebody does have a 10, I've got a lot of outs. Like, uh, any 8, any ace, any spade is looking pretty good. Uh, there is one call. Uh, on the turn, I bet... No, I'm sorry. I bet 55 on the flop and all three call. Oh, God. Yeah. And then the turn binks an 8. And so I'm you're like, just celebrating that. I mean, I raised pre-flop. There is a, uh, there's no way they can put me on an eight. I'm thinking, right? Right. The, uh, it checks to me. I jam. Player calls, and he has eight six, for a he flopped two pair, and then turned the boat, and that was my first hand. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so, I'm rebuying. For my second hand, <laughs> uh, I'm like already like, oh god, now I gotta catch up. The uh, I end up and like I think this goes like maybe one round of poker, and I end up with pocket queens. A guy bets, I three bet with pocket queens. Oh, uh, the uh, he gets he bets gets I think one or two calls. And I'm like, well, this is a great squeeze spot. And I'm always betting with, regardless of squeeze or not, with pocket queens here. Especially at Prime, where it's a looser, usually a looser game. Uh, he comes back around, and he 
four bets to me. I know, when the squeeze bot, you're betting gigantic, right? Yeah, it was a pretty decent-sized bet here. Was so, it more than half your stack? Yeah, it was probably about half my stack. So I'm like, well, I go ahead and call, make the ace with the... Uh, I go all in, hoping, praying for ace-king here, and he has pocket kings. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... About eight and a half minutes after <laughs> sitting down at Prime, I am just going there and cry. I mean, just crying to my car. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> what has happened to me? That's, so I think everyone has been there. I mean, that is maybe not that exact spot, eight minutes, but sad going to the car for sure. Yeah, it was a. It was not the not the night I was intending. I will say that. Uh, so there's two things I want to talk about outside of my sessions. Uh, one is I've been playing around with that Club GG app, and I'm pretty. I like the club I'm in on Poker Bros. I don't play a ton of online poker, but I knew that. But this Club GG, I wanted to check it out for some. I don't know what the reasoning was, but got on there. Oh, it's because you go into the World Series of Poker, and they have World Series of Poker satellites, right? Was that what got me there? I thought so. Maybe so. Uh, all that's true. So, no, <laughs> yeah. I would assume so. Uh, so, I get on there, and I'm not sure. So, I end up going in a, what was it, downloading it, getting it on there. And they have this kind of a cool thing. It's a $50 a month membership, and... They have a ton of satellites. And the one thing I really miss about online poker, like in the full tilt poker stars days, are the satellites to the live events. Like they had a ton, and I've yet to find a site that has a lot of this. But this actually has for all the, for fifty bucks a month I get there's every hour there's one tournament, which is actually a pretty quick tournament. Like about twenty to twenty five percent cash with like a level two ticket. Once you get the level two ticket, which is pretty easy to get, you go into another tournament, which usually it's like a, a lot of them, like one out of nine will cash. Like it's usually down one table with nine players and one person will win. Oh, okay. That's cool. I like the sit and goes. Yeah. So it's, uh, so again, not the longest, longest tournament because that's one of my complaints about tournaments. And then at that point, you get the final stage ticket, which you actually get enrolled in. You can use it to enroll in some of these live events. WPT has something like this, but they just don't have as much. Like this one has, they have like the the poker cruise you can win on. They have the Mid-States Poker Tour, the WSOP, the WSOP Circuit, the Run Good Poker Series. And for Texas, the uh, Prime Social and Texas Card House, their tournaments are listed on there too. Nice. So, I've been I've been debating uh, signing up for the membership. How how would you recommend that fifty dollars a month? I mean, do you feel like you get a ton of tournament play? I think so. I, I have been super super stoked on this app, and I've talked to a lot of people on here who have won tickets to events. I think it might be one of those that actually is really profitable to do right now, because you know to make something like this work, you have to give so many seats away. Or else people are just going to, you know, not not do it. And uh, I don't know. I Like I say, I've been so impressed with it so far. On this, are you limited to how many tournaments you can do a month based on your $50? Is it, do you have a set amount you can enter? 
No, it's unlimited. It's a there's one every hour for a stage one. A lot of towns like just an amazing deal, really. I have been having so much fun, and we are not sponsored by this at all. It's just something I recommend to people because <laughs> I've liked it. So it's just been a ton of fun. Uh, there's one every hour for the stage one, and it just starts at that time. The stage two, it's whenever it fills up. So, and then stage three, it's like scheduled usually in the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is a big thing for me. Because I think it looked at doing the WPT back, they have their own membership thing like this. But almost all the big tournaments were on the weekend. And obviously me and you work Saturday, Sunday, so that kills it. So, but there was quite a few on Friday night. So that, like I say, a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I know they were giving away seats to the main event WSOP, the $1,500 Monster Stack, the $1,000 Millionaire Maker, uh, the Colossus, the Housewarming. Just all kinds of different stuff. They had a, if you watch the next gen vlogs, they had a package where you could win a $1,500 cash game uh, package where I guess they just give you $1,500 for the meetup game. They had, I mean, I would, I haven't seen, I think the vlog is probably already out, right? Because we, they were advertising it last vlog and we're probably a week behind. Uh, but maybe I, so. I bet they give some merch as long with the money too. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that would that makes a ton of sense. Uh, so, like I say, it's like I say, we're not sponsored by them or anything, but it's something that we that I've been playing with and just seems super fun because I do miss. I don't like online poker that much, but I do miss the satellites like full tilt had to the live events, and I think something like this could actually just spur poker, because the one thing that when online poker died out when they shut it down. All the kind of players who didn't play for a lot of money but had this, you could have the dream of playing for, you know, entering like a $2 satellite and, you know, winning your way up to the WSOP. I think something like this could really spur the growth of poker, too. I have to give it a try. Yeah, I, I definitely suggest it. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And, like, the Sage 1 tournaments are usually, like, 30, well, actually, no, late, late registration's like 30 minutes. They're probably like an hour. So it's not like too time consuming. Nice. Yeah, I have to look into it. And so, uh, the other thing is, there's a poker room down on the south side that uh, ends up that I haven't played in in a well ever, but it's been <laughs> around forever and a day. And I've always kind of had a curiosity. Uh, whenever I go down to visit family over in Clear Lake, I always I usually go to Spades. Still love that poker room. But I wanted to try something new and ended up going to the South Houston right off of Fuquay. Holy crap. I was really, for something I haven't seen a whole lot of, when I went in there, very, very impressive. You said that was a great one to watch the sports games, right? Was that that one? With the yeah. TV? You said they had projectors? Oh, well, like one of my big, big things that I uh, complain about is there's not that many great poker rooms to watch a sports game. It's got one of the gigantic projected TVs, and it's not as bright or as big as 101, because 101 has it too, and I think 101's probably one of the best places as well. Uh, but South Houston, is, like, it's a little bit sharper and clearer because of the way the room is. And you can tell they have a lot of sports memorabilia and stuff like that around there. But it was one of the nicer poker rooms I have been in, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean... Sad I lost $120 when I went in there. <laughs> but 
going to like a new place and everything, if you are living the south side, I still like Spades a lot. That gets the most action is by far the place to go down there. But super was super happy with how they did their their room. It was a nice bar, just a a great place to go and like watch a game and just chill. Nice. Uh, you know how I am with driving, so I probably won't check it out right away. But if you're there, check it out. Oh yeah, you whatever two poker rooms are closest to you, they're gonna get your business. Hundred <laughs> percent. Clint's traveled around the damn state, going <laughs> to different places, creating content for the podcast. But Tyler, no, he's a what whatever one's right closest to him. That's where he's going. <laughs> Basically. The uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up for the poker yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're going long. I feel like we have more to talk about, but at this point, I'm not sure how many people are still here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you get an award for making it this far. Yeah, absolutely. But on that note, this is the textbook podcast. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.